Gabe, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. You're welcome. This is uh, like a post-mortem for the, the cult podcast. Well, this is <laughs> this is our first episode we've recorded since... The fallout. <laughs> since we last... I don't even remember what episode it was at this point, but when we recorded last, which was the last day that we worked together, we no longer work together but since then i've seen you twice and it's only been two days <laughs> so uh but we saw three thousand years of longing oh that's right yeah and we did see that we should briefly mention i think it's not worth talking about <laughs> but it, i mean it's worth mentioning it's worth mentioning it's in honorable mentions yeah uh <laughs> it happened to us as we watched well it. we we brought it upon ourselves <laughs> we for what it's worth i enjoyed my stay I liked, I liked, <laughs> like, like, I liked the idea of it, like sitting in a theater. Yeah, I liked being next to you and holding your hand throughout the film. I mean, it was a love movie. Yeah, a love was, story. It was about love. That was the the thing that it was. But that was George Miller, fresh off his every every decade he makes a movie. It seems, or like two movies maybe, and he had Mad Max, Fury Road. We've got Happy Feet, Happy Feet Two. Mad, Mad Max. Max Fury Road, quite a catalog, and then Three Thousand Years of Longing. Yeah, yeah. What a what a guy. Anyway, he's creative. Do <laughs> you have anything else you want to say about that film before we continue? Tilda Swinton can carry anything on her back, and Idris Elba also extremely good. I was actually quite impressed by Idris Elba in that movie more than I think I've ever been impressed by him. I think it's because he's he's coming off of the Fast and Furious paycheck, where <laughs> you think usually. A person in that franchise is like at the point in their career where they're just like here for the money. Yeah. But Idris is still turning out quality performances. And this was just one of those things. I could not stop looking at his ears. He seemed like he was having fun with the costume. Yeah. Half naked all the time. Yep. He's a handsome man. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Speaking We're all of... thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of handsome men. Yes. We have somebody with us today. Jesus. Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> Alf's back. <laughs> Hi, Alf. <laughs> Please, it's pronounced Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Alf from the episodes where we have the Nerd World Order, the NWO boys. Mm-hmm. Alf, this is your second time being on our podcast alone. Just you and us. The Alf brand. You were on our Invincible cast. Yes. And then now. <laughs> I remember because you made it. We made a big deal out of it and changed the colors, and you were it's yellow. Yeah. Has there been one since then, though? Where it was just not Alf? where it was just us. That's so weird because I feel like there we have this connection. Well, he's always Alf is physically in the room always. when we record the NWO episodes, which usually like center around Marvel. We did one on Peacemaker yeah. as well, not Marvel, but you're always physically present while the other guys are calling in usually. Digitally so. present. Phoning it in. And there was that one, <laughs> the one time that I didn't record your voice. It, uh, that was painful. <laughs> That's right. I sounded like I was in the background the whole yeah. time. You're no. like, hey, I'm over here. <laughs> you should have got one of those uh, Top Gun robots to recreate Alf's voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we're doing something super special today. Uh, special to me, meaningful to me on, on a lot of levels. Same. Alf is the same way. We're doing... Clerks three, the Revolu- new Clerks Revolution, the new, the new Kevin Smith film that just dropped in theaters uh, today or yesterday through a special event. 
because it couldn't get distributed nationally in like a wide distribution. So they distributed it through like Fathom Events or something like that. Kevin Smith films aren't normally so limited, are they? Well, he's he's been I doing this like- thing where he's he's touring the movies. He started it with Red State. So he would do a tour with a Q&A. So this way he didn't have to pay for all the advertising and all this because he's got his whole network his podcast network mm-hmm. he's got like four or five different podcasts that he do, you know does that he has a strong fan base and he makes his movies for his fans mm-hmm. so that's his whole theory behind that it's like why why it's like th- these are the only people that are going to watch it you know yeah you know true. wouldn't you rather you know pay rather than pay you know 30 bucks you know a ticket or 30 bucks to get in for your family you know you pay 30 bucks a piece or you know 100 bucks a piece and then you get a piece of the movie you know you get to have a Q&A with me or you know you watch it with Fathom Events for what three nights only or something so. yeah Kevin Smith after he was extremely successful with the original Clerks he like went and did some bigger films and you know after doing that it's five or six times he he started scaling back and then we find ourselves here now but the reason it's meaningful for me is that Clerks 1 was the first Kevin Smith film I ever saw. And then I got into Mallrats and Chasing Amy, Dogma. Jane Silent Bob came a little bit later for me. I've seen every, I think I've seen every one of his movies, even the bad ones. <laughs> like Cop Out, <laughs> Cop. Yoga Hosers. <laughs> I've seen those. He was a broadsy man. I've seen. Have you seen Zach and Mary make a porno? I have. Yes. Have you seen Jersey Girl? Yes. Jersey. Girl I actually was liked awesome. Jersey Girl a lot. A lot of people didn't, right? But I liked it a lot. But yeah. So Clerks, out of all of Kevin Smith's films, is my personal favorite. Clerks Two is probably my second favorite. I just love these movies a lot. And like Kevin Smith was just saying, we, there was this after we just watched Clerks 3 in the theater, there was like a behind the scenes where Kevin Smith was talking about how you have the fun of the characters like Jay and Silent Bob, but then you have a lot of the heart that is coming through specifically in this Clerks, which is the second sequel to the first Clerks film that happened in 94. 9394, where the characters are grown up and there's a lot of emotional moments. There was more of that in Clerks 2, which is why I actually really liked Clerks 2 a lot, because it kind of took it to like a next level while still having fun. And now we have this film, which is, it's everything all at once happening (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) Uh, But I'd love to hear, Al, for you, what was your first Kevin Smith film? Actually, the first one I watched was Mallrats. Okay. Um, I remember seeing this big billboard of Mallrats. Uh, by this movie theater and like you know you see Stan Lee in the corner you see I'm like wait a minute I gotta see this so it's like I I sought it out and I finally found it and then as I started to you know as I watched it and, and loved it of course because that's my jam right I, I hear about you know people are like oh you gotta see Clerks I'm like Clerks what's that it's in black and white oh black and white okay yeah <laughs> well it's artsy huh <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um you know, when I found out that there's a lot of inside jokes that are that actually carry over from one, one movie to another, it's like yeah. I had to seek it out. And I saw Clerks, and then I saw Chasing Amy, and Mall. I mean, I see I've seen them all. You know, and it is such an ingrained uh, part of me. Uh, yeah. All these Kevin Smith movies. Kevin Smith is kind of one of my heroes. You know, kind of one of the reasons why I believe in myself to do some podcasting. You know, hmm. uh, he's just. So much that he had to say in so many of his movies related to me so much, you know, I had friends, we would quote the movies left and right together, you know, it's 
all day long, all day long. You know, our buddy John, who uh, recently passed, uh, my God, it's not even recent anymore. It's just, <laughs> but it was, you know, something we would always do. You know, he was working at mm-hmm. the coffee bean with Steven one day, and, and, you know, I'm like waiting for him to get off work, and I'm standing outside because I didn't want to be in there anymore, and <laughs> tapping on the window, and I'm like, look at me, look at me, you sloppy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, <laughs> He could read my mouth, but, um, you know, I have so many friends that are so close and, and we've come together and we've watched these movies over and over again. We quote them left and right back in the day when I had a pager and you could leave an outgoing message. My pager <laughs> had clerks lines on it. He's like, you know what? There is no Easter bunny over there. That's just a guy in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see the sale, but you know, I've got them all and, and awesome. it's hardwired into my you know system. And like yeah. even... Even even so much so like um what was the one you just mentioned? Uh Zach and Mary make a porno, right? There's this whole scene where where uh not Jay, but whoever he is in the movie, he he does this thing called a double dutch rudder and he's explaining how, you know, it's it's not gay, you know, you hold my arm and I work it and you know, vice <laughs> versa. So hilarious, hilarious. And when I saw Kevin Smith one year at Comic Con, I'm like, Kevin, will you take a picture doing a double dutch rudder with me? And he's like F yeah. Like, like he had been waiting his whole life for someone to ask him that question. The, his face lit up and I've got that picture. I came back the next year, found him again. I had him autograph it for me. I gave him a copy of it. It sits in my garage on my mantle of, of all my nerdy stuff. I can't, I, I love to tell that story over yeah. and over again. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. The, yeah. It, I was told to watch clerks because I was working at the coffee bean with John and other people uh, that we were working with at the time who were really into Kevin Smith. And I had no idea who that was. So Clerks was the first movie I watched. I think someone let, like, let me borrow a DVD of it, but it, it, it epitomized like what we were doing at the time in that retail space. One of our customers at the time was Bob and Gina who were friends with Kevin Smith. They printed and distributed all of his shirts and his clothing, like line that he had at the time. Graffiti designs. Yeah, with graffiti designs, yeah. And they were like, we saw him every single day. And they ended up being really good friends with Kevin Smith. They printed all of his, everything that had to do with like, you know, anything, you know, all the shirts you see in Clerks probably are printed by them. Movies and anything that is, is of that. So... They found out that we were all fans of Kevin Smith and they got us like a bunch of free merch and autograph stuff of Kevin Smith. It was just like a really cool time in my life. And then doubling down on like you were just saying, John passing over a year ago and then us reconnecting because of that death. And then what this movie ended up being spoilers uh, from this point on, but ends up being sort of about like death and, and making the most of every moment but gabe i'm curious what was your first kevin smith film i'd seen this is not nearly as impactful yeah uh, as you guys i i don't i just seen bits and pieces of kevin smith's films uh over the course of my brief lifetime what was the first full (laughs) film you watched the first intact start to finish kevin smith film i i had watched was yesterday (laughs) when steven made me watch clerk's and Clerks 2 to prepare for Clerks 3. Back to back. Yeah, and it was one of the more memorable double features that I've had to watch in my lifetime. It was like <laughs> it was like eating history. Yeah. You know, it was so tactile for me because I'd also worked retail and service and uh, you know, hospitality and all that stuff. So it was like I lived that life as well. 
just you know aside from the fact that it's brilliantly written and just really funny yeah so it was yesterday it was 20 30 hours ago 36 hours ago yeah so it's been a whirlwind of uh it's kevin smith for me and you've never watched any of anything else from kevin smith apart from not, like clips not online and stuff. as a whole yeah, yeah. movie yeah i've seen like parts of cop out but that's not his finest work yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's crazy because like Alpha's saying, all of his movies and his films do sort of intertwine. He I he even mentioned it was like what's the it's called its own universe. Skewniverse or something? Yeah, it's the askew view askewniverse. Oh view askewniverse. Yeah, view askewniverse. Yeah, view askew was the production studio that he came up with at some point. Are still are things still produced by View Askew? Yeah, I think it's kinda gets a nod in everything nowadays. It's it's just there was that clown the Fat hairy clown in the in the <laughs> negligee, you know, tiptoeing in high heels with a dunce cap looking thing on. <laughs> yeah, Gabe, I want to ask you to do this. I think you will be able to do it better than both Alpha and myself. If you had to describe Kevin Smith and his style to somebody that doesn't know it, knowing <laughs> I don't think that how be. graphic he gets in his scripts and so forth. The and word so forth. irreverent comes to oh. mind. Good word. But other than that, I think you guys could have, give a much better idea of his style. I think you can do it more uh, PC than we can. <laughs> I mean, Kevin Smith. And I don't know if this is the story for all his films, but probably his early yeah. career. They're dialogue-heavy narratives that are... They mix comedy and drama in a very interesting way. There's usually like a heart or a message to it. I think always that was the story in the clerk series, which took me by surprise, you know, seeing how that movie, the, the premise, yeah, I wouldn't expect it to hit as hard as it did, but yeah, they're irreverent kind of little stories. They're like slice of life as well. You know, that they're not like these big operatic stories and he's always kind of poking fun at that, but they're also very oftentimes meta and always topical and timely like they're always about pop culture and the time that they're in i mean from like just thinking about a title like mall rats i mean you can't make a movie called mall rats anymore it would be tried (laughs) (laughs) oh part two's coming is it yeah you announced it oh wow well (laughs) i can't wait to see what that looks like (laughs) but yeah i don't know what else can you say about kevin smith's style well there's there's he, a, lo- a lot of things in his scripts, like you said, it's very dialogue heavy, very script heavy. It's a lot of people talking. Yeah. He himself has joked many, many times about how I think he was uh, at one time um, hired to write a Superman script. And <laughs> he he was just joking how like there's no action in my Superman movie. It's just them standing around talking. He's like, I couldn't get through the script and I had to quit my job, right? He quit being the writer of a Superman film because he's like, I'm not equipped for this. He's like, that's not something that I can do. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, amidst that, there's a lot of a lot of jokes about inappropriate and juvenile things. Yeah, it was kind of shocking watching Clerks 1 and 2 yesterday. Um, for a couple scenes, there are, there are some things... He really, you probably just couldn't write in a, into a movie, even yeah. if it was <laughs> distributed so intimately. Yeah. He and, really likes to push the border. Oh, totally. And in Mallrats, um, there's something that sums it up pretty well. Um, the character Holden McNeil says, uh, I think my uncle told me, Holden, my boy, the big money's in dick and fart jokes. 
<laughs> oh no, it is his grandmother that said that. That's what it was. Oh my God. Yeah, it's dick and fart jokes, really, honestly. I mean, then he was talking once about how in dogma and people were like, like it, that was kind of his treatise on like religion and stuff. He had a poop monster in poop dogma monster? that that was <laughs> the symbol was symbolic of of like dogmatism. Yeah, you know the Gogothan shit demon. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, how could you get mad at a, a movie with a poop monster in it? <laughs> so, Gabe, you probably don't know this, but when the movie was being filmed, there were people outside protesting. The filming of this movie, right? Really? Kevin Smith went out there, went around, jumped in line, and he had, oh. he had a sign, and he he was filmed on the news protesting his own movie. <laughs> no way! It was hilarious. Yeah, that's definitely him. Did everyone know what he was making? That's they they would knew. Yeah, because the they knew. Well, they didn't know what the movie was, but they just knew it was like, you know, anti-Catholicism. That's so. epic. <laughs> That's like the perfect Kevin Smith story. Yeah, and and I think Gabe and Alf have already said this, but he's also like a massive pop culturist. He's really into comic books. He has his own, uh, maybe a few comic book stores. There's one right now, yeah. Uh, just one? Yeah, there was one in L.A. for a bit, but that closed. Yeah. And little known, I don't know if you know this as well, he sold his entire comic book collection to help fund clerks. Yep. Jeez. So that, and, and him and... Uh, I think Brian, they had this bet to see who could get more credit cards because, you know, they always send you these applications. So they were just filling them out, getting all these credit cards, not doing anything with them. thought <laughs> it was hilarious. And then like, well, we got all these credit cards. So they used that to help fund the movie as well. <laughs> did did he, True. I think I might have read, like he tried to get his comics back after he became yeah. successful. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know if he did? Uh, probably over time. Yeah. Not the time. exact ones he sold, but pro- he probably has reestablish his comic book collection at this oh, point. And the number that they use for the cost of the movie when he goes, well, actually, it's this in Clerks 3. That's exactly what he spent for the movie. It was 27500 yeah, right. Yeah. Damn. And so that was the quick stop that he worked at? <laughs> yeah. They that's... filmed at night, so they shut the windows, and then they're like, well, we can't use this lighting. And they're like, well, let's do it in black and white. And it's like, well, I guess, you know, it's either that or you got to spend more money that we don't have. And so like, okay, well, we'll make it look artsy. We'll do it in black and white. Genius. And then, and then there was some <laughs> some uh, reviewer of the movie. He's like, oh, yeah, look, they, they did it in black and white. As if you were watching it from a surveillance camera. And he's like, yeah, I like that. I think I'm going to roll with it. And then he so <laughs> much so that he put it in Clerks 3 talking about, oh, my gosh. That was so great. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Clerks 3. This is an extremely meta <laughs> movie. And it also is a direct sequel to the first two Clerks where after the first Clerks, uh, at some point... Oh, yeah. And in Clerks 2, Randall burns down the quick stop. And so they, <laughs> they go and start working at this uh, fictional fast food restaurant in the, the View Askewverse called Movies. And they're working at this fast food restaurant. And Clerks 2 takes place mainly there. And Brian O'Halloran, who plays Dante, falls in love with a girl that works there, played by Rosario Dawson, Becky. That movie ends with them taking money from Jay and Silent Bob to buy the quick stop back for their movie money. Yeah. Cause they were like, they were like, we had our, all of our best times there. We should just go back and, and buy it and run it ourselves, be our own bosses. And so clerks three picks up another 13, 15 years later. They're, you know, that much older every time there was like 15 years in between clerks one and clerks two, and then another 15 ish in between then and now. And 
we come to find that Dante's the love interest, Rosario Dawson, has died uh, a while ago. Like in, it was right after the events of Clerks Yeah, right too. after the events of Clerks 2. And she was pregnant, we come to find out. Right. Which makes it doubly sad. Oh, damn. And Randall has a heart attack, which is, is a meta because Kevin Smith had a Widowmaker heart attack that should have killed him. Like, you know, like they said, 80% of people normally die from Widowmaker. So that's that's Kevin's actual life played out through Randall. Randall has this epiphany that he has not had much of a life up to that point and decides he wants to make a film about his life, which ends up looking like and being exactly Clerks 1. <laughs> so he wants to make a movie about the quick stop, about his shenanigans there with his friend Dante. So they essentially make Clerks 1 in Clerks 3, and then, meanwhile, Dante's dealing with the loss still and being in love with Rosario Dawson's character. And Randall starts to become a little bit hot-headed and pompous and self-centered. And uh, Dante eventually has a, uh, a heart attack himself while he's yelling at Randall and he's hospitalized. And Randall realizes he's been an asshole, so he finishes the film and brings it to him to show him, like in the hospital room on the hospital bed. Dante watches the film and then he flatlines and, and dies and passes away. And the movie ends um, after a, a funeral for Dante. Randall goes back to the shop and fucking Elias uh, <laughs> takes Dante's place in a way. And buys out the other half that uh, Dante had, and then that ends with that, with that last song. What was the song? You know, at the funeral it was "Just Breathe" uh, by Pearl Jam. Oh, it was the one about I'm from New Jersey. Oh, yeah, that's right. Kevin, he was talking about that one of his podcasts where uh, he had heard that before in a movie a long time ago, and he's like, "I've been wanting to use that song. I need an excuse to use that song." Yeah, goes, this is the perfect spot for it. Yeah. Right at the end of the film. And it's funny. He pulls out and the, the milkmaid is no longer the milkmaid. It's it's <laughs> Kevin Smith's actual daughter pulling out oat milk, which is a nod to the fact that she's like very well known for being a vegan yeah. and getting Kevin Smith into veganism. And, and he, he says all the time that he gave life to the thing that ended up saving his life right. through teaching him the ways of, of veganism. And Kevin Smith lost a bunch of weight since his heart attack and is doing much better. He goes on a lot of walks and hikes and stuff. And, Runyon Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's kind of the premise of Clerks 3. But um, amidst the way of, of all the jokes and, and Jay and Silent Bob popping up, and there's just, <laughs> there's just so many meta meta jokes and throwbacks to like old lore about how Clerks 1 was created funny things behind the scenes clerks 2 it's kind of a blend of clerks and clerks 2 in clerks 3 they're kind of making both movies at once and um yeah just really funny but there's a lot of heart there and there's a lot of moments where brian o'halloran who's like i said plays dante like had me close to tearing up and crying myself i which really shocked me because like he was just like one of Kevin Smith's friends, wasn't he? When he f- no, he actually he got he auditioned at the Playhouse uh, and he got the part. Oh, uh, Okay, and and I I was kind of feeling the same way. It's like 
he's never been like that great of an actor, kind of dull yeah. in his in his delivery. Yeah. But man, the way he delivered those lines when he was crying or yelling, I was like, oh, that hit me so hard. He was he really tapped into something in those scenes. And he did it a couple times. Yeah. There were like three or four scenes where he had a couple mental breaks and yeah. and uh really, really did a good job. A lot of cred, street cred to Brian. Shout out to him. What did you guys think of Clerks Three? I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, you know, it was, it was so much of the other two movies. Uh, actually, the whole Ask Universe. I mean, <laughs> everything that's just so, like again, ingrained in me. It was it, it delivered so well. I mean, you got original characters coming back, even people that weren't even actors. You know, like mm-hmm. some of the customers from the Clerks movie. Who you know were just customers, and they are friends of Kevin Smith, and they came back reprise reprise their roles. They they got the cat. It wasn't the same cat, but you know they yeah. got they got the cat to poop on cue. So that was impre- <laughs> that was pretty impressive. You know, um, the hockey game on top. I mean, it's just there was so much nostalgia there for me, and it was cool to see it in new light. You know, you even had the the girl who played Veronica come back, and you know she blew up in tears, and she mm-hmm. said something that she regrets and. That that was tough. That that hit me hard too. And then you know, the next thing you know, they're in the car. You know, pounding one out because you know, for old time's sake, one not. And then that totally reminded me that the girl that played Caitlin Bree in, in Clerks, uh, who was trying to steal uh, Dante back, she had passed. And I was oh, like, really? oh, I forgot about that. And then in the final credits, they at the very last part, it said, you know, uh, um, I saw that in memory of. Yeah, that was that was uh, it's pretty meta too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I love the movie. I can't wait to see it again. I know it's going to be tough because it's not going to be around for a while. Yeah, because he's got to do his whole tour. And I, you know, I wish you know. Hopefully, there's maybe there's a time where he's out this way. I mean, he lives over in Hollywood. Maybe yeah. I'll be able to get that, go out and see it. And you should just drive up and say hi. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, one other quick Kevin Smith thing. I went to go see um, uh, Chasing Amy Q and A at the ArcLight in Hollywood, and. You know, they're like, please, no flash photography. I'm like, oh, man, I, was, I want to get a picture of him. And I'm like, hey, Usher, come here. I go, when he comes by, can I can I just take a picture of him as he's walking up the stage before everything starts filming? And he's like, oh, I don't know about this. And this lady next to me, she goes, oh, it's okay. He loves that kind of thing. And I look over, I'm like, who are you? And I'm, it was his mother. She was uh, sitting right next to me. And I'm like, oh. You have such a beautiful granddaughter, you know. You're so, oh, she's like, it's awesome. She's so, I'm so proud. And I'm like, <gasps> you were sitting next to his mom, right next to That's his hilarious. mother. Hilarious. It was great. I I know her face really well because she's popped up in so many things, and he talks about her all yeah. the time. I follow him on Instagram, so he's always posting like pictures of his mom and stuff. <laughs> I wish I got a picture with her. I don't know why. I was I was like, it was how, weird. I was kind of starstruck. How long ago was that? Oh my gosh, that was like, how old's Harley now? Like 22. So it was. Oh, back when she was a I kid. mean, she was a baby. She had yeah. just been born. Yeah. So, yeah, about that wow. time. Wow. Thoughts on the on the trilogy I that you just watched? I loved it. <laughs> Did you? Actually, I was, I was super happy. I didn't really know what to expect coming in raw to a Kevin Smith joint. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, yesterday, today, I feel like Clerks 3 was the perfect topper, no pun intended, Yeah. <laughs> to the trilogy. And it paid such homage to... I mean, it was like a celebration, not just of Kevin Smith's work mm-hmm. and his askew universe, but also it was really cool. Just like the whole movie subplot, or I guess that was kind of the plot um, or one of them 
was like also a celebration of filmmaking, which is coincidentally like, yeah, we're getting three other, four other movies this year about like movie making. Mm-hmm. But this was like perfect for Kevin Smith because he's always been the, like one of those indie heroes of filmmaking. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. And I'm, I, I feel like happy to be on the inside now as, yeah. <laughs> as someone who got to see Clerks 3 in theaters. Yeah. I feel like, you know, looking back, when I'm in the next stage of my life, I'll be yeah. like, that was a cool thing. Yeah. It's super, it's kind of surreal because it, it goes back to a, a time in my life when like I, I was expanding my mind about what, what the possibilities of filmmaking and, and television as well were. And Kevin Smith was, he slid right in there, like amidst, amidst everything else, like all the stuff. I mean, he made, he made like a departed reference in this, like a Martin Scorsese's departed. And it always cuts to Kevin and he like winks. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's his whole thing. It's like him. It's, it's his way of saying, I'm saying this, his character is not saying this, I'm saying this. And, you know, I was watching Kevin Smith's stuff and, and recognizing him as a filmmaker I more actually began to love, he used to do these, these DVDs or these, like these standups where he would just sit and answer questions for mm-hmm. like an hour and a half to two hours. And he put out that as a DVD mm-hmm. and I, I bought the first like three or four of them and I would just sit and watch them cause they're so freaking fun. He's such a good storyteller. Yeah. And it's something I've always really appreciated about him. His, his sense of style. And he says it all the time. He said it in the behind the scenes too. He's like, he can't, do anything with the camera he like can't he can't shoot anything he doesn't know his way around the camera which is really funny to me there's a really funny story he used to tell about what <laughs> going to bruce willis and and bruce willis asked him something like what kind of lens are you going to use to shoot me like my close-up and kevin smith's like what are you talking about i don't know lenses <laughs> and bruce willis is like what the fuck <laughs> like what kind of director has another lenses? <laughs> and so Kevin Smith had to, he said that night he like went in the hotel room and like had to learn all the lenses and what they could do. And, and then came back the next day and, you know, told Bruce Willis, we're going to shoot you either on this one or on this one. <laughs> yeah. He had a hard time with Bruce Willis and his, yeah. you know, I was like, what are we recording? What are we filming today? Uh, no, no, this <laughs> yeah. is Chuffa. He just started throwing pages out. <laughs> no, no, it's Chuffa. It's Chuffa. We're not filming Chuffa. We're just going to film the meat of the story. <laughs> Whoa. Was that cop out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, I was, I was, was, sorry, I was going to say okay. cop out happened because of Die Hard three or four, right. four. Yeah. Where he was in it. It was in four where Kevin Smith played like a basement dweller. Like, the wizard. Yeah. Like a co- com- computer yeah. guy. Live free yes, or die hard. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and. On that project, Bruce Willis met Kevin Smith, and he told him at some point, he's like, we should work together sometime. That's so and then, funny. And then Kevin Smith didn't have a lot of nice things to say after he did work with him, but anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was such a big fan of him, too, because he loved Moonlighting. Moonlighting, yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh, give me some of that. And he's like, what? <laughs> that used to be one of John's favorite shows. Yeah, it was, great. Yeah. it was great. Have you ever seen it? I've only seen a few episodes yeah. with John. Yeah. What oh, is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Uh, it was an old series on TV where... Uh, like 80s sitcom? Yeah. Not sitcom, it was like a drama. Yeah, it was more of a late night drama, yeah. sitcomedy kind of. Yeah. It was Bruce Willis and... Was it Sybil? No, was it Sybil Shepard? I don't know. Uh, wow. It was good. It was good. But uh, the one thing I wanted to say uh, earlier is like, actually, I was kind of nervous about watching this with you guys because I knew that I was going to love this movie. I yeah. kn- I knew the, the map. I, I just... 
I had no doubt, you know. Uh-huh. I know it can be a little cheesy at times. The acting is, is, you know, great. And you two are like, you know, you guys... We're sometimes very critical. Well, yeah, you guys watch films, right? I watch movies. And you guys, <laughs> you guys, you know, understand what it takes in and out of a movie. And I was like, oh, man, they're probably not going to... I mean, I was like, well, no. Stephen probably will because I knew he kind of was introduced through, through John. And I'm like, oh, man, I hope, yeah. they, I hope they don't hate it because... I, you know, I don't want to have to justify why I love it so no. much. I'm, I'm so glad you guys love it. Yeah, me too. Civil I mean, Shepherd. It was Civil Shepherd. I was right. Civil Shepherd. Yeah, I, I feel like I, this was like perfect tonally. I mean, and I, yeah. I like watching stuff like this. If it's like, I guess the way I think of it is like it's authentic. You mm-hmm. know, it's like pure. Yes. And it this, is this authentic. is exactly Kevin Smith. Like I, I can yeah. watch directors do their thing if, yeah. if they're doing it. You know, within that, in that, I, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I do. No, I do. Jane saw and Bob uh, strike back that, which is the first one. Mm. <laughs> um, and I've seen the sequel too, but I, I watched the sequel recently. I mean, it only came out a few years ago, like four or five years ago ish, three, four. The reboot was 2019. Okay. Yeah. So, so that was the last film I saw of, of his. And I, I was like, this is kind of dragging a little bit. There's like a lot of funny parts, but, but it didn't land as well for me. And I think there's really something special specifically about the clerks films. I really liked Mallrats a lot as well. And, and I do love Jersey girl and a few others, but, and I love the, what's funny is I love the characters of Jay and Simon Bob in the clerks films. Right. Um, and I do like strike back a lot for the most part. Um, it's funny hearing Kevin talk about that in the BTS or the featurette. Yeah. Cause he's like, we had the perfect amount of Jay and Bob in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking like, how did you get a whole movie where they were the main guys? Oh. It's, they're very different tonally yeah. and they're, they're more like jokey and, and like gimmicky, I guess. And that's the thing that like the clerks does so well. And, and he just, I feel like he really landed the ship in the third movie where he really uh, milked the drama between the characters. And and I think he said that in the behind the scenes, like he wanted to let the characters that he had created, you know, 30 years ago, tell their own stories and finish their own stories. And I just, I thought there was like so many moments of like, you were just, like you were saying, like raw, beautiful, honest moments that, that really just, it like hit home again. I remember when he was about to make Clerks 2, um, he, he used to say people told me all, or told him all the time, like, there's no way that you can make a sequel to Clerks. Clerks is perfect. Like, you, you can never go home again. And he was like, fucking watch me. <laughs> and then he did. And he Clerks 2 ended up being super successful, specifically, I think, because in the third act, there's like a really big dramatic moment when they're in the jail cell and they, <laughs> they have a, like a literal come to Jesus moment where they want they end up wanting to buy quick stop and then they they do that and i feel like this movie clerks three had like four or five of those moments yeah. and there was like a lot more of coming home again which is ironic too because he also shot this in in new jersey which he hasn't been able to do in a long time because the way that the film industry has changed because he's originally from jersey if we haven't said that but yeah i i thought it was a perfect ending the one thing i would have changed is Elias's costume and wardrobe <laughs> so good? Wait, which it, one? <laughs> it, no, it was just at every scene he is wearing something different. Maybe, it, it maybe more, that was the joke, but like it, it gets I just didn't land on too. It. 
like it at the end crazier and then worse and then better at the end and then, when he he's taking dante's spot next to randall and his hair is just in the poofy mohawk i was like that that's the perfect like mwah, the kiss the send off <laughs> i i thought that was a little bit over the top jump if it, i mean kevin smith he's not the most nuanced <laughs> director he probably would laugh at me saying that but yeah i feel like he was definitely jumping the shark or going over the top for, for with that one right but everything else about it was perfect i'm yeah. so happy elias was was here for this yeah yeah you know, he had all these clerks two guys who was driving him when they he rolled up and they were singing in the car i'm like who was is that his mom driving him probably <laughs> i would have doubt that he had still lived think with his it. mom right right and what's 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 um harley's boyfriend's name Kevin Smith's been putting him in like everything. Yeah, it's so crazy. Uh, you know, you know, it's funny too. I don't know because you, since you haven't watched Jay and Silent Bob's um, at the funeral, if you notice, Harley, his daughter Harley, was sitting next to Jay. Mm-hmm. It's because that in the movie, in the View of Skinnerverse, that's Jay's daughter. Oh, Millennial Falcon. Millennial Falcon. <laughs> that's awesome. Or millennia. Was she in the first Jay and Silent Bob? Uh, no, she, well, she was as a very Paid, small baby. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, she's been in a few of his movies. Yeah, I know she was in Yoga Hosers. <laughs> Yoga Hosers, yeah. That's what it's called, right? Yep. I don't know what that movie's about. I just know the title. <laughs> what, what's it about? Is Depp's daughter the other girl? <laughs> well, yeah, and you have Johnny Depp in that movie. Come on. <sighs> he was in all, he was, well, he was supposed to be in the Canadian trilogy. Right, right. The only one we never got was the only one I wanted to see. <laughs> Moose Jaws. Moose Jaws. That's what he's making now. He's making Moose Jaws? No. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's. it's still on his IMDb. It, it, oh, I would, probably is, I would yeah. kill to see Moose Jaws. <laughs> I'm like 50, 65% sure he's making it. Hey. I keep seeing articles about it on Reddit. They're like, Kevin Smith's making Moose Jaws. I'm like, well, we'll see. <laughs> I, re- I really want him to do it. What's So it goes Tusk, Yoga Hosers, and then Moose Jaws. <laughs> but, yeah. Cause, Red cause State alone. There, yeah, there was a time in Kevin Smith's career where he, he was like, "I'm done with filmmaking." Like yeah. he was burnt out, and he was saying he wants to focus on like a new generation and support other filmmakers, like an up up and coming filmmakers. And then it was before that or after that he was like, "You know what? I'm gonna just do this Canadian trilogy as like a fuck you to the film industry," <laughs> and that's why he did Tusk and Yoga Hosers. But Yoga Hosers was so bad that he couldn't get funding for for Moose Jaws. Really? <laughs> it's true. It was basically female clerks in Canada, like Degrassi Fight, Junior High School. fighting Nazi bratwurst. Right. Oh, that's what it was. Oh, Nazi bratwurst. The kid who played Elvis was in that movie. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a little known fact. You, you've heard of Gili, right? Ah, it, it was it's a movie with be Ben Affleck and uh, oh, Jennifer Alfred Lopez. Lopez. Yeah. Right. So that movie is responsible for the fact that Jersey Girl did so poorly. Is it though? It is totally because Jennifer Lopez had a bigger role in that movie. They had to cut it back, but she was in the movie at the beginning. And yeah, I remember uh, that. And yeah, so it's wow. like everybody saw Gigli and they're like, why do we need to go watch Jersey Girl? We just saw Gigli and we were just disappointed. So we don't need to see this again. Dang. I mean, you know, that's just. I like Jersey Girl a lot. It, it, it was actually really good. <laughs> George Carlin was great in it. <laughs> I would say, like, if there was a film that could connect to a wider audience yeah. and, and was actually, like, a pretty decent movie, it would be that one. Yeah. Out of his. I have a question for you guys. What is your favorite bit out of, or joke, 
out of all three Clerks films. <laughs> I got if, mine. I got mine. Yeah. Clerks. It had to been the Death Star the Death Star conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you so know? true. So, you know, uh something sits wrong with me. It's like uh you know, in Star Wars, when the Death Star gets explode, evil's punished. Good. But in Return of the Jedi, it wasn't a fully functioning uh, Death Star yet. So, you know, mm-hmm. you know who was building it? Stormtroopers, all they know is killing and wearing white suits. <laughs> they had to bring in private contractors, right? And he goes, all these people that are just trying to make ends meet for their family, you know, next thing you know, they're getting blown up. I heard that was actually <laughs> one of the reasons that in Attack of the Clones, George Lucas made it so that all the Geonosians... Were the like those little bug creatures right. were the ones that actually were doing the plans for the Death Star? Oh, nice. So that that answered the question like where why didn't all those people like die? You know uh, that these bugs were the ones that actually like built the Death Star. Nice, <laughs> saved. Right. Isn't that funny? Um, it's one of those things we'll never know if it's true, but it's an awesome story. What honestly, a lot of my favorite stuff in the first Clerks is the stuff with with Jason Mewes dancing and oh, yeah. shouting as. Randall's chasing the, the woman out the store like, you can never rent videos here again. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the funniest fucking things. And then the second in the second movie, what Jason Mewes does where he's he's paying homage to uh, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> he's, he got, he's got the ding, ding. And he opens his coat jacket and puts his... I asked, when I saw it in the theater, I absolutely died laughing. <laughs> Wait, I got to take my answer back. 37. In a row, that's my favorite. Because uh, I can't tell you, like, oh, man, I can't tell you how many times we do that. Yeah. Every time you see the number 37, anytime you hear the number 37. In a row? In a row? Yeah. So good. I like the whole first movie, but there's the part in the second movie that got the biggest laugh out of me was when Elias is talking about pillow pants. <laughs> I, my jaw dropped. And it was what made it so much funnier is that I don't. I think that's the first time in the first two films that Randall's completely at a loss, <laughs> and he's just staring at Elias. And then there's the second troll. I think there's Pillow Pants, who is uh, like living in uh, <laughs> Elias's girlfriend's private parts, and that's why they can't have sex because he's a good Christian boy. But there was like something else. I can't remember what it was now. But such a good bit. So good yeah. and true for many Christians out there. Yeah. But yeah, very thankful that it somehow clerks turn into a trilogy. Maybe it'll be uh, what is it? A quadrilogy? <laughs> well, I mean, when there's not much left. <laughs> yeah, I think this was the perfect way to end it because yeah, Dante's dead. <laughs> oh, that was that was kind of funny too because I, I don't think we've said this in the cast, but the original clerks, the original ending ended with Dante getting shot and killed. He changed it. When the film went to festivals, he he changed the ending so that Dante remained alive. Did people just hate it when he died? Uh, no, I just think it was only in test screenings that that was that ending was shown, yeah. wasn't it? Oh. Yeah. Well, then was it to mislead people? No, no, no. Is he? It, that was just the original ending. And I why think did he change a, it? I think at some point he he. I think he didn't like it, or yeah. people yeah. were saying that like, why did you kill him? And they, uh, that was like the feedback it, you'd get. It's like, you it know, just it was felt, great, except for that. Yeah, it felt very abrupt. It was a perfect movie until the rat shows up at the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I liked that in this one, he actually does kill Dante. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a whole full circle kind of thing. Yeah. Such a good finale. But, yeah. We should play that song here. That Pearl Jam song. Oh, man, that hit me hard. 
Yeah, that's a good good one to end it on. So here at the end of our Clerks 3 episode, here's the song Just Breathe by Pearl Jam. I wasn't even supposed to be here today. No, he said he wasn't. So, he, he, wasn't was, he wasn't even supposed to be here today. <laughs> Yes, I understand that every life must end uh-huh. As we sit alone, I know someday we must go uh-huh. Oh, I'm a lucky man to count on both hands The ones I love Some folks just have one, yeah they got none home. Stay with me oh, Let's just breathe Practice all my sins Never gonna let me win Under everything, just another human being. Oh. Yeah, I don't wanna hurt. There's so much in this world to make me believe. Stay with me, oh, all I see. Did I say that I need you? Did I say that I want you? Or if I didn't, I'm a fool, you see No one knows this more than me Cause I come clean, I wonder every day As I look upon your face Everything you gave and nothing you would take on Nothing you would take Everything you give Did I say that I need you? Oh, did I say that I want you? Oh, if I didn't, I'm a fool, you see No one knows this more than me And I come cleaner Side